Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. So let's get started. So it's time for a new plan. If you are stressed, do you find yourself just wondering how in the world you're going to do it all? Finding perhaps you're having trouble sleeping. Perhaps you've got your life so stressed out that you're not exercising, you're not eating right, you're not having meaningful conversations with the people that are important to you. Uh, stress comes up in many ways, and stress can come from good things, uh, business development and growth. It, it demands a lot of you. And so this is an even uh, more important to make sure that you have learned how to focus on the things that count. So it's time for a new plan if you're just not spending most of your time and what we've now come to understand is your power alley. If your time is spread across a million things, you're becoming a generalist to close gaps and neglecting flowing in your power alley, it's time for a new plan. If you are behind and you just feel like you never get caught up. Now, I don't mean occasionally, but I mean it's becoming the norm that you're like, I don't, I don't think it's possible to catch up. Then it's time for a new plan. And if you're just not able to work on your goals for the sake of trying to keep up with what we call the tyranny of the urgent, time for a new plan. So I know all of us can use a new plan to decide how to achieve and sustain focus. And that's where we want to land tonight as we review a couple of things here about how we're going to get productive. Other webinars and courses inside True Tribe talk to you about how to create your life plan, how to create a 90-day plan of focus, and how to actually plan each day with their, your focus sheets. All about focus here, isn't it? So that you can do the things that matter. And our tagline is, get it done today, make it matter tomorrow. That is the total opposite of hamster and a wheel mentality that so many people are caught up in now. So we're excited for you to get very productive with the tools that you need in which to do so. And the prayer play in your life journal is the practical tool that you need day to day in order to execute these plans. And now we're going to narrow in on your protect your focus worksheet. So here's your assignment. The first column is where I want you to begin. I want you to start thinking about what is it you do? What are your action strengths? That means what are you doing when you know you're running in your power alley? Is it analyzing something? Is it building something? Is it creating a spreadsheet? Is it giving a, a talk? Is it meeting with a client? Is it going to court? Is it selling something? Is it selling real estate? Is it building something? Is it training someone? So I want you to go for three, a list of three actions or strengths that you're saying, when I'm doing this, I know I'm in my power alley. I can feel it. I can taste it. And there's nothing I'd rather do. These are great ways to think about how you're going to fill in this whole first column with the actions and strengths that represent you at your best and your power alley. 
It's just awesome to think about. I want you to get excited about it. I want you to dream about it again. I want you to write it down on this sheet that you're going to be able to print out or fill in on Google Drive if you like to do it that way so that you can literally document your Power Alley actions and strengths. Do you know that this is so honoring of who you are and it's something you should feel a lot of satisfaction and joy over? Granted, you may feel a little lamenting like, oh, I wish I could do that again. Well, you can. So I don't want you to be afraid to write down uh, what it is that you consider your actions and strengths here because this is where you want to go. And you want to go there with a goal of eventually spending 90% of your time in that vein. Okay? Have I gotten you excited about that? Awesome. Secondly, you're going to make a list of distractions to starve out. Now, you know yourself. So it won't take you long to figure out what it is. And I want you to list the top three distractions that rob your focus and rob your energy and rob your time. And list what they are. And then after that, you're going to think a bit about how to starve out those distractions and put that in the same block. And so there are many ways that you can do this by sake of your schedule and reminders, but I'm telling you, this is hard work. This is some of the hardest work you'll ever do is to starve out those distractions you've become addicted to. You get addicted to certain kinds of activity, you to certain um, conversations, to certain things that you just, you just like it, but it's not moving you forward. And so you've got to figure out how you're going to do that thing, and you have to be relentless on it. And I'm going to tell you that you've got to, get hard on yourself about this and I'd say for 30 days just be your be the police in your life about these distractions and reward yourself for the good time, good days that you starve those out and then if you don't do so well hey just get up and start over the next morning but you can't do number one the first column you can't flip, run in your power alley if you give in to distractions, these two do not coexist. So it's kind of like, what do you want? And you know what? This is a real gut level question to ask yourself. What do you want? You know, you will have what you want. And you're like, what? And I'm, I'm just going to let that sink in for a minute. Because what you really want, you are willing to go after. You're willing to create new habits. You're willing to develop some self-control. And you'll be willing to reorder your day. And so this is a very hard-hitting uh, result of this, this teaching tonight that I want you to get. Because you will have what you want. Because what you really want, you're willing to starve out the distractions to get and to reorder your time. Which is handled in other webinars about your time. So this is a big deal. It's kind of a hard-hitting thing. It's an exciting thing because change is possible. But it's one that you can't just play at if you want to get some change and results in your life. Third column. Now let's look at this one a moment. I want you to figure out three areas where you can begin to think about delegating or outsourcing. So... You have to figure out the areas that maybe are taking the most time or energy from you when you have to do them. And then consider the options. Could someone else in your family or group do these things? 
Could you hire them out? Could you subcontract them? Do you have someone in the if you work in a company, do you have someone else on the team who can take it on? So there's many ways to delegate and outsource, but you have to look at a at not only what you want to delegate and outsource, you have to look at the credibility of the one you are delegating to or outsourcing to. And that takes a little legwork. And sometimes that keeps us from delegating because we're like, oh, I'll just do it myself. It's too much work. So let me unpack this just a little bit. I'm going to use an in-house example and then an outsourcing example. So let's say that you are working in a corporation and there's some things that you need to get off your plate and you want to delegate them to someone perhaps that you have oversight for or another team member. This is a, it's a really an honoring thing to do. You're going to look for someone who has the skill set to take on the duties you want to delegate. And maybe an example of this would be uh, running meetings for a team. So you want to find someone who would be a good facilitator, who has attention to detail to create agendas and action steps, who has the initiative to follow up with everyone in between meetings and to keep a project team on track. So you would look around on the team and find someone with these skills. And if you're doing it, you would ask them to shadow you for the first, the next meeting with an eye to understanding what it takes to run a good meeting, run a team. Then the next meeting, you would have them partner with you and you would do part of the running of the meeting and they would do part of it. So it's a tag team thing. It's not just a hand it all off and hope it works. That's a very poor way to delegate. So first time you're exercising the running of the meeting, they are observing. Second time you're tag teaming, you're doing it together. So you might have them create the agenda, then you look it over and give them some suggestions and then it's sent out. And then in the meeting, maybe you let them facilitate a section of the meeting. And so uh, you're sharing the duties, but you have not turned it over to them. It's not done yet. Third time around, they perform the tasks and you are now the observer and you are hands off, but available if needed. And you're watching all of the functions that take place and then coming back to that person after the fact and giving them feedback. If you are now uh, sure you have seen evidence that they have ass assembled the skills and are able to exercise them then you've got a clean sweep and then you're, you kind of move back to an advisory role. Now you might say that takes a lot of time and I'm going to tell you yes it does. It takes time to delegate well and with honor and with an integrity and competency but that's how you do it in an incorporation example. Now let's take another example that might have to do with outsourcing to a contractor, uh, perhaps you work in a home office and there's some things you want to either bid out on Fiverr.com or on some type of a temp agency basis, or maybe you're hiring someone you know in person. So many of the same things have to happen, but you've got to do a little extra due diligence to check the credentials and references. And so I think that in the vein of subcontracting, that it's better to start small and be uh, able to observe the evidence of a small piece of work and then grow it up from there than to try a, a large scale, especially in the area of virtual work. You need to make sure you've got a good rapport, that you have good language uh, transmission back and forth, and things don't always translate across cultures. So you have to consider cultural issues if you're going to be dealing internationally. So there's a lot of different pieces to it. Uh, again, it takes extra work 
to identify the tasks and describe them with enough specificity that they can literally be tackled by someone else. And so then you want those debriefs and those uh, milestones that you observe the work being done well, that it is integrous, that it is complete, that it is on time. And when you find that person, then you want to go ahead and, and up, the, up the list of things you're asking them to do, if these can be outsourced to one person. But either way, you do your due diligence, whether you're delegating within a company or whether you're outsourcing to a subcontractor or another professional. I, am, I would be the slowest to outsource anything that has to do with finances, and I would be the fastest to outsource things that have to do with uh, very clear deliverables that that it's black and white is this done or is this not done uh, if you're a writer if you're an author if you're a coach you can't outsource your voice your voice is uh, at the heart of everything you do but you can outsource technical aspects of finishing webinars editing putting front and back ends on them, doing some social media posts perhaps, if you've got the graphics already designed. So you gotta be very careful who you work with and how you work with them. So what I want you to understand on this third column, now that there might be some things on the house household side, like hiring a house cleaner, that you've got a list of things you want done, you contract with someone again, you do the same thing, but they might not be as uh, laborious as things that have to do with your actual profession, but your home is important, your environment is important, so you need to make sure these things are done to your satisfaction. But what I want you to understand on this third column is this. Don't avoid delegating and outsourcing just because it takes work on your part. Uh, you know, you're anxious to flow in your power alley, you wanna spend all your time in your power alley, and you're like, oh boy, now it's gonna take all this time to offload these tasks, but if you do it right, here you go, if you do it right, if you do your due diligence, then you're definitely ahead of the game. Sometimes you have to go slow at first in order to go fast later. You with me? So give yourself a, a little time. Set yourself a 90-day time period to look at this worksheet and begin identifying the low-hanging fruit over here on the delegating side and, and just start somewhere. It's very important to get started. You want to manage a semblance of your life and your progress, and it's not going to be overnight that you're 90% in your power alley. Right now, you might not even be 20% of your time in your power alley. But make a, a, a judgment on that, and if you're at 20%, say, well, you know what? I'm going to move to 30% in the next 90 days. And then uh, as you get this going, there's a, a balancing effect that will occur. So it's a, a combination of these three things, knowing what you're really great at, deciding what those distractions are and stopping them in the next 30 days, deciding what you're going to delegate or outsource and doing it with integrity and the time investment on the front end so things land well. Now, if you have some things you delegate or outsource that don't go well, just pull the plug on it, regroup and do it again. Find a different angle or a different way to go about it. It's not always a perfect science, but it's something you definitely have to figure out and it's worth the investment of your time because then the payload uh, comes back on you getting significant chunks of time where you're expanding the percentage of your time that you work on your power alley.
So I just want to encourage you tonight that this is a journey worth taking, that protecting your focus is a journey worth taking if you want to be somewhere different than you are right now at the end of the next 12 months. We hope you're loving the Linda Field Show and that these ideas are helping you succeed day by day. We know you're busy and don't always get the resources you need to grow in your development as a spiritual professional. That's why Linda has created True Tribe, a community of learning for men and women who are ready to experience God-made success. You can access helpful classes and put your learning to work by getting started today for just $1. Come on over to truetribe.org join and get what's waiting for you inside True Tribe. See you over at truetribe.org slash join.